Well, relief during this economic crisis has been demanded by consumers in the form of lower taxes and bigger government rescue packages, two things that don't necessarily go together. Hi, I'm Justin Guest. Welcome to the hot seat. With us today to discuss the expansion and perhaps reduction of the state is Dr. Jonathan Hopkin. Thanks so much for being here. All right, so we have higher taxes right now for fewer programs and public goods. We have more regulation and yet fewer expenditures on the way. Is this exactly the reduction of the state or is this the expansion of the state? Right. Um, Well, we don't know yet. For the moment, in the short term, it's certainly an expansion of the state because the state is having to take on some of the spending that the private sector has stopped doing. So the state is stepping in by expansionary uh, spending policies uh, and also by allowing the deficit to grow because the tax revenues are falling, they're maintaining or increasing levels of spending. So the state is, is taking the strain of the collapse of the private economy. All right. So what areas exactly would you say are expanding or perhaps are primed to be reduced? Well, uh, what's expanding is certainly the role of the state in maintaining the functioning of the financial sector because quite a lot of the money, uh, some of the money has gone on stimulus programs, especially in the United States, so direct government spending to try and get the economy moving. But quite a lot of the money has also been um, directed at um, making the banks solvent. So that involves large amounts of uh, cash being injected into the financial sector in one way or or another. So that's the the major component of spending for the moment. Um, In the longer term, that will be withdrawn if the banking sector returns to health. And then governments are going to have to make big decisions about whether they try to maintain levels of government spending um, and try and close the deficit with high taxes or live with the deficit, or whether they try and reduce the deficit by cutting programs. Big decisions ahead indeed. So... How would you characterize the liberal Democrat and conservative positions? Where is there there agreement and and where precisely uh, is there conflict right now? Well, there's a before and after on this because before the election, they had very different positions. Conservatives were arguing, albeit in a hesitant way, for much quicker deficit reduction um, and overall moving towards a reduction of the role of the state, whereas the liberal Democrats were much closer to Labour's position that The life support mechanisms uh, for the economy needed to be withdrawn very slowly. um, And if that meant running a deficit for a longer time, so be it. And overall, the Lib Dems are uh, more favorable to um, larger government intervention than the Conservatives uh, have been historically. The trouble is now they're in coalition together. They've had to draw up a common program. And that common program, I would say, is much closer to the Conservative position than to the position usually associated with the Lib Dems. Well, after all, they do own the most seats in the House. So what does history tell us about the effect and the duration of these types of changes? Well, one important historical uh, point that's been uh, forgotten by a lot of commentators is that actually levels of national debt that we're running with at the moment are not that exceptional if you take the long view. Um, British government has been indebted to similar or greater extents in the past many times. Uh, Coming out of the Second World War, the national debt was much bigger uh, than it it is now. Um, So there is quite actually a tradition of of heavy government borrowing, not only in Britain but in other uh, advanced countries. So it's not that strange for the government to be heavily indebted or to run a big deficit. I mean, in the early 1990s under John Major, the deficit approached, didn't quite reach, but approached the levels it's at now. 
What's probably different is that we don't really expect the deficit to close automatically quickly as a result of a, um, a quick recovery of the economy. A lot of people are worried that the economy is going to carry on stagnating for quite some time due to the lack of world, world demand. And, and so that, there the historical lesson to draw on is probably the 1930s, where uh, the Great Depression, which ultimately in one way or another led to the Second World War, was due to the, this long period of stagnation and government's inability to get the economy moving again. All right, then looking ahead, what factors is the future of small or big government dependent upon? Well, in the end, it's politics. I mean, part of what's going on, I mean, the British government, for instance, at the moment is arguing very strongly that we need to reduce the deficit because uh, markets will only give us credit for a certain amount of time. And if we don't show willingness to reduce our indebtedness, then... uh, the bond markets will start to punish us and we will have trouble maintaining um, government spending. And you get a situation like Greece, which is effectively insolvent. In so the, that, that is one concern that you know, the markets will start to worry about the solvency of governments. Um, that is an important issue, but it's also worth remembering that there are not too many other places where people can invest their money at the moment. Uh, government debt is still pretty safe compared to most other kinds of investments. So there's an extent to which the the fear of bond markets may be exaggerated. So to the extent that it's a political decision, that rests on whether governments follow uh, a more neoliberal, conservative kind of line, which thinks that the small state is best and the state shouldn't get too involved in in the economy, or whether one adopts a more social democratic or Christian democratic view that the, the state should play an important role in the economy for not only... Um, for reasons of equity, but also um, because this can in some way make the economy work better. If you were in the room with Nick Clegg and David Cameron, what would you be advising them? <laughs> well, um, I'm not sure they would listen to what I would advise them, but um, my, my view is that actually for the moment Britain can afford not to take um, particularly drastic measures. I mean, sure, in the long run the deficit has to be reduced, um, but there's no evidence of short-term panic in the markets. Um, the interest rates uh, that Britain is paying on its debt are historically very low because interest rates are historically low across the world economy. Uh, so for the moment, you know, this deficit can, can be maintained. And I think we need to be very wary of uh, uh, reducing the deficit too quickly and creating a period of very, very high unemployment, which lasts much longer than most people are ready for. Because in the 1980s, uh, Britain had high unemployment for the best part of a decade, and the long-term social consequences and economic consequences were, were really very serious. All right, that'll do it. Dr. Jonathan Hopkins, you're off the hot seat. Thank Thanks. you very much for being with us. And thank you for being with us. And tune in next month for the next edition of The Hot Seat.